Welcome on in. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the midday show here on WIP. It's you, Douglas. It's Joe Gillio. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. We got Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us on a Thursday morning. Good morning, you. Good morning. Good morning, Philadelphia. What's going on? How we doing? Well, we got a lot to talk about today, including... A pretty big basketball game in town tonight. We'll get to an, an excitement with the Sixers coming out of the All-Star break against the Grizzlies tonight. Philly spring training in full swing. Schwarber taking Andrew Painter uh, deep yesterday. But we got to start here. You know, it's interesting. So just kind of thinking through our show so far this week. You know, we talked through Jonathan Gannon leaving and if it's going to matter to the Eagles. You know, Jalen Hurts, how much money he should get paid. And uh, yesterday about Howie Roseman. But, Hugh, I think it's interesting. One person since the Super Bowl that hasn't got talked about much here in Philadelphia and I, I find it actually kind of bizarre, is the head coach, and that is Nick Sirianni, who has done a nice job in his first two years. So mm-hmm. He took the team to the playoffs last year, Super Bowl this year. I think a lot of people in town believe he should have been in the coach of the year running. He wasn't at the end, but, but obviously did a really good job with 14 wins. But, you, it's interesting because he has not been talked about much since the Super Bowl. And as we move forward with this, right, this is going to be a new team next year and, and a lot of changes, new coordinators – Free agents could be leaving. It's imperative that the head coach is is on his game. And you, I'll just come out the bat and say it. I, as much as I think this is a good coach, I'm not fully sold on Nick Sirianni as as the coach he was this year and the coach that, that is, is no doubt about it, the guy for the Eagles in moving forward. Now, he's going to be the coach, but I, I'm not fully sold. He is a great coach yet, and I, I still have some reservations about Nick Sirianni. You, how do you feel about Nick? I like Nick. I like Nick a lot, and I think he is the guy. Because one thing that a coach has to do and has to be good at is have guys buying into what he's selling. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about – you go back and you talk about that press conference that he had here, the, the ups and downs that they had his first year coaching, and then for them to get on the right page and make it to the Super Bowl, he's pushing all the right buttons. I think as quirky as he is and some of the crazy stuff that he says and does – that the players buy into what he's selling, and that's the most important thing that you can have as a head coach. Well, he has that. There's no question. 215-592-9494. And when I say I'm not fully sold, you know, I'm talking about for the future, moving forward. He's going to be the coach. or No one's getting rid of Nick Sirianni. But just because you have some early success doesn't mean you have future success. I mean, that, I mean, look, Chip Kelly won 10 games in his first two years here, and then it all fell apart. Okay, you go to other guys that have made the Super Bowl. I mean, just, this is just in the past 25 years or so. Dan Quinn, a, a coach that you were around, Hugh down in Atlanta, made a Super Bowl. Ron Rivera yes, made a Super Bowl. Jim Caldwell made a Super Bowl. Ken Wisenhunt, Lovey Smith, Bill Callahan, Mike Martz, you know, Jeff Fisher, Bobby Ross. And we go through the line. There's a lot of coaches that have made a Super Bowl. They never make it back or they don't sustain it. A couple of things that stand out to me with Sirianni. Number one, He's not a play caller, Hugh. He was, but he's not now. So that means every time an offensive coach has success, right, it was just, it was Stike in here. Now, who knows? We'll see what it's going to be. Maybe it's Brian Johnson. But every time a play caller has success, Hugh, that means he might have to replace that guy because that guy could get a head coaching job. That, you know, it feels like that is, is a kind of a detriment to sustainability. If Nick was the play caller, we'd have no worries about the offense. But he loses his play call every time the play caller's any good. Yeah, and I, I know where you're going with this because that is the I've been saying it all week long. That is his most important hire, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is who, he, who is he going to get to nurture Jalen Hurst and take him to that next level. But I still think that there's a blueprint there that that is his blueprint that you have to follow. He's just a guy right now, in my opinion – that he wants to be able to oversee. He's an overseer. He wants to oversee everything that's going on, and he has to have a lot of confidence in the guy that he's hiring at the offensive coordinator spot to come in and make sure that they get the absolute most out of Jalen Hurts. Well, it's gigantic. 215-592-9494. And then on top of that, 
you know, he built a great staff when he got hired here. I mean, really, whatever you, everyone out there thinks about Jonathan Gannon, he just became a head coach. Obviously, it was a good hire at defensive coordinator. Shane Steichen, good hire at offense coordinator. He just became a head coach. And now he's got to do it all over again. And we saw this with Doug Peterson. It's not easy. You have a good staff to start it off. Doug did. And then it got worse and worse throughout the years. We don't know yet if Sirianni can, can sustain the good coaching staff. And then, guys, I, I can't get this out of my head. It's still, I'm still thinking about it. What are we, 11 days since the Super Bowl? I can't get out of my head the punt on fourth and three. That, that lives rent-free in your, it, in your it, dome. It's going to live rent-free in there <laughs> you a long time. I, what, what did you think about it when it happened? Because so when, when it happened to me, my first thought was like, mm, I'm not sure about giving the ball back. I wasn't screaming and yelling at the TV. But then after the game ended and like the week has gone on, two weeks have gone on, I just keep thinking about it. He gave the Chiefs two possessions for one. He, he gave it to them. That, to me, didn't bother me as much as it did you. Because you look at the way the defense played in the first half, albeit that was their best half. Right. You, you, you still believe that, that they had a chance to, to stop them. And, you know, they, there were times during, that, during those drives where, you know, they, 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 they showed their head and they, they were able to make some things happen. So, to me, that didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Yeah, I just I go back to, you know, you have to stay aggressive. And he was aggressive a lot this year. I mean, he, he really was. He was an aggressive coach. But in that moment, I thought he turtled up. I, I really thought he turtled up in the Super Bowl. And five years ago, Doug Peterson or not. And then after the game ends, and I had the press conference last week, he, here's Nick Sirianni explaining it. And I, I was frustrated that he kind of scoffed at this question as if it wasn't legitimate. Here's Sirianni answering the question about whether or not he thought about going for it on the fourth and three. I think fourth and three, on your own 30, what was it? 33? Yeah, I think you get 32 out of 32 NFL coaches saying they punt that ball every time. 32 out of 32. Um, I, I don't – hey, if I had known they were going to return it to the four in, the, in, the, in hindsight, I think, I think I would – you know, obviously I would have went for it there. Um, but no regrets there on that. Um, that is not my thought process right there. And to be quite, quite honest, with you, it, it, it depends on the score, but we were in a one-point game. Um, and, like, if we were down two scores, then, of course, um, you're going to go for it there in that scenario. But in a one-point game, that's never even in – you know what? And until I was prepped for this question, because Bob does a really good job, as you guys know, um, I, yeah, I never, it didn't really even come, come to my mind. You it's know, crazy to me he didn't even think about it. Or he's, no, maybe he's lying to us. Let me tell you, the punt doesn't bother me as much as the return did. Because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that the longest return in the history? Yeah. 65 the, yards. <laughs> man, come on. I know. That, that, that's what it was. See, it's, it's like, for me, that wasn't a, as bad or egregious as the actual outcome of the play. See, I think for you, it was the, you know, it, if they punt and they get down there and they cover everything, not a big deal. Because to his point, it's not you're, you're still in a good spot. The fact that that was one of the plays that we talked about mm-hmm. that broke your back, that was a backbreaker. And, and you know what else to add insult to injury? I remember during that broadcast, they had mentioned that Dave Tobe, the offensive, I mean, uh, the special teams coach, had, had went up to them before the game and said something about, you know, they never, never returned to punt the Super Bowl. Like he knew, like, oh, at, he was at getting some ready. Point it was coming. Yeah. Like at some point, that's, that's, that's what hurts more than anything. 
Yeah, it, well, it does. I mean, it was made. It made the decision look worse, right? Because yes. they, they got the and they moved the ball to the five yard line. It just frustrates me that he he kind of put himself in a box for everybody else. Well, every coach wouldn't have done that. Well, I don't care about every coach. I, I'm, I'm. This is the game we're talking about. This is the Super Bowl. Five years ago, Doug Peterson went for the, did the Philly special. No, Philly, what coaches is doing that? Like, don't give me the every. Your job is it to be like every coach. Your job, Your job is to is win. Think outside the box. Exactly. Think outside the box. I get it. But but in this position, now granted. This might not sound great over the airways to many people, but your first year there, the first time you've in that in that situation, you learn from that mistake and you make a different decision the next time. But normally in situations like that, you're going to go with the percentages. Mm-hmm. Just like for 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 all the you know we talk about the butt push as far as going for it on, on on short yardage. He was going with the percentages there. You knew he was going to do it, so he was playing the percentages in that, that yeah, situation. Yeah, and he does that a lot, and it, and it works a lot for the Eagles. The 215-592-9494. Really curious where everyone comes out on this with Nick Sirianni. Are you fully sold after two years? I mean, there's no question there's been great results here for two years. They were just in the Super Bowl. But, you know, moving forward, are you fully sold he's as good as we think he is or as good as the results have been? I'm not yet. There's, there's a lot here. And the last thing I want to throw in – and you, I'm really curious what you think about this. His personality, he <laughs> seems to – now, the players here like him. They respond to him. You said that, and yes. I agree with you. But he, he seems to rub some players on other teams a little bit the wrong way. Yeah, they don't like him. They don't like him. And then, I'm sure you saw it during the game. There was that moment during the game where I think it was a challenge. The Eagles were the Chiefs' challenge, and, and they thought they had it. The Eagles thought they had the challenge won. And he's, like, celebrating, and he's, he's pointing at the Chiefs to go back the other way. Yeah. And Hurts, like, puts his arms down. Hurts is, like, the adult up, in the hold room. Hold up, hold up, playboy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you have Sirianni, who's the opposite. I think it's all fun if they're winning. I just – I wonder, does that, does that play for the next five years? I think it does. I, but, you, but to your point, you got to be winning. Mm-hmm. I like a coach that has that kind of gumption and bravado. Now, granted, if I'm on the other side of that, I don't like it. Right. Because, you know, like, remember the year that Cam Newton was dabbing on everybody? Everyone. <laughs> and nobody liked it. <laughs> but you couldn't stop it. They had an undefeated run up until the point they, they saw the Falcons in, in Atlanta. But if you don't like it, stop it. Now, if you're winning, I am all – and it's my team, I am all for the bravado. I'm I'm all for the the, the over the top antics that he does. And the one was, was I think he was playing the Giants or whatever when he was like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. When he looked at to the, the referee, camera, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I know what I'm doing. So yeah, I like all of that when it's my coach. Well, and as long as they're winning, it's good. But I, I do wonder how that plays long term. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. You're fully sold on Nick Sirianni. Kyle Quinn, what are you feeling on Sirianni? Obviously it's been a great first two years, playoffs, yeah. Super Bowl run. But I, I do still have some reservations. For some reason, I still have some reservations on him. I get it. I get it. Just because of the most recent game that we saw him in. But I think I am sold on Nick Sirianni. And I, I go off of what Hugh just said. And I know he's goofy, but the players Super love him. goofy. <laughs> and, and the message clearly resonates in that locker room with the guys, right? Uh, I love the fact that he's not stubborn like Doug was in building his staff. And Doug needed to call the plays. I actually think that may invite more uh, candidates to want to come and work under Nick Sirianni. Uh, and I think he deserves some credit for how Jalen Hurts developed. I know we all want to just heap all the praise on Jalen Hurts for putting in the work, which is great, and that's true. But you got to give Nick Sirianni some of the credit, too, for putting him in a great position to succeed. He had a Super Bowl appearance and the number one seed in just his second year as a coach. You got to be sold on Sirianni, Joe. Come on. 215 592 9494. I like him. I'm just, I, I still have some reservations. Let's go to the phone lines here. 215 592 9494. Are you fully sold on Nick Sirianni after two seasons as the Eagles head coach? Brian in Clifton Heights is up. Hey, Brian. Brian. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's going on, brother? Good morning, Brian. What are you thinking? 
what I'm thinking. Well, first, I want to bring up about you know the game and and with Sirianni. Then I want to bring up from the second half, they didn't dominate. And Sirianni and Gannon both were playing the game like their defensive line and offensive line were dominating. They didn't have a short screen pass. They didn't have slants. They just kept going with that RPO run, and it was getting blown up right up the middle. And first two possessions right out of the shoot, you know, three and out punt. I mean, Kansas City scores. They're down by three. Next possession, they punt. Kansas City's up by seven, and they're still playing like they're, you know, they're trying to grind out the clock and run the ball. <laughs> it, just, it just wasn't working. Like, he didn't switch because, you know, his guys his guys weren't playing the same that they played all year for him. Yeah, it was, it was almost like he just was going to just do it no matter what. Like, that was the plan, right? Like, and he was just going to go down with that. And unfortunately, Brian, you saw that. That second half was, was one of their worst halves of the season, certainly defensively. But even on offense, they didn't do enough. That's what I mean. And their point was, oh, yeah, all year we wore them down and we ran the ball when we had the lead. Well, after Kansas City went down and scored to, to be down by three, it's virtually a tie game. You know, Doug Peterson went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. He threw the ball. He knew he had a score. He knew he had to get the ball down the field, and he won. You can't rely on, you know, you know, handing the ball off. And it was getting blown up up the middle. By the time he tried to do the RPO, there was guys in his face. And, you know, what, what do you do with that? You, you, you run a quick slam pass. You stop it. You know what I mean? You stop it. He didn't do it. He's got a guy that's as big as Terrell Owens at number 11, and he didn't run the slam. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, well, Brian, it, it sounds like you're you're with me. You're not fully sold. I mean, obviously, the guy's a good coach. No one thinks yeah. he's a bum, but you, it sounds to me like you're not fully sold. No, no, no. But maybe he'll learn from it. But and and the other thing is what you said about coaching earlier, guys. You know, he. Why are we so hell bent on grabbing these young coordinators? Because once they once they get a spot where they're going to be, they're going to get grabbed. Get a career defensive coordinator like a Spagnola. Pay him a little more. You ain't got to worry about that side of the ball, and he's not going to go anywhere. Why do we got to go find a guy from college to, to do our defense, and if he does do good in a year and a half, he's going to go somewhere else, and we're going to start all over again? You know, you it, know, it, it, it baffles me. You know Spags you know, was a head coach before. Yes, but now in this type of career, though, you know, he's, he's, he's a career. He's, he's happy what he's doing. He might, you know. He, I, I can see if, if he gets the call, I can see Spags going to another team and want to be a, be a head coach. He, you know what? Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because the one thing I heard about Spags when he went to the Rams, mm. he came through the door immediately and just started firing folks and just started acting all willy nilly. Oh, was like wilding. he want to put his he stamp was, on things. He was wilding out in, in, with the Rams. You learn from your mistakes. I hear everything that you're saying, but I think that with Coach Sirianni, you go back and that that game is playing over in his head. I guarantee you to this day, and he's sitting back. He'll never admit it because you're not supposed to as a head coach. He made some mistakes that he wished he could go back and take back. I wish he could take yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> you wish he could take back. But that's your first time. Andy Reid, the same thing. How do you think Coach Reid felt? All, we went to four NFC Championship games. Right. We went to four. Lost the first Super Bowl. Don't you think that Coach Reid would have probably sat, sat back and looked and said, you know what? I probably should have did things better. You know how I know he think that? Hell, he had Tyreek Hill. He went out and got some receivers. He he up He upgraded his offense in Kansas City. Because he learned from his mistakes. 
I think that that most people that feel like they're not sold on Coach Sirianni get a man a chance. But I think he for he started off really really well as far as a head coach is concerned, going into the Super Bowl in your second year. Well, yeah, I mean, just in terms of results, the first two years, we couldn't have asked for much more, yeah. right? They, they made the playoffs last year, made the Super Bowl this year. It's just these, these, these little things that, that I, I wonder about going forward, and, and I have some skepticism on how great of a coach this guy is. 215-592-9494. And then on, on the point about, you know, the, the caller mentioned play calling and, and stick it to the run versus the pass and all that kind of stuff. I, I, Hugh, I do wonder sometimes watching them how much Jalen Hurts – made them look better this year, made the offense look better than it was. I mean, when he went out, that offense was pretty poor for two games. And then, you know, even some of those plays in the, in the Super Bowl, he made plays, and I, I just thought they had – they didn't have the greatest plays. Sometimes I wonder how much Hurts made them all look better this year on offense. Well, I think the biggest thing was you saw that when, when he came back in the Giants game, mm-hmm. and, and everybody talked about how he was a system quarterback, and, and you realize when you had Gardner Minshew out there – how he's not a system quarterback, and there are certain things that he brings to the table that you can you just can't say that this is everybody can do. It. I can just a plug. He's just a plug and play player. You can't say that. No, you can't. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. And then quickly, when it comes to the play calling thing, like you you've been saying it, and you're right. This is his biggest hire, the offensive coordinator. Oh yeah. You go back to the first seven games last year. They stunk the two years ago, right? The first year he was here. That was when Sirianni was calling the plays. Like the, the, the difference in this team from Steichen on is night and day. Now they got to replace that. I mean, whoever and he, whoever that guy is is going to call the plays. It's gigantic, whether it's Brian Johnson or anybody else, because Sirianni doesn't do that. Yeah, because you're you're going to be married to this young quarterback, and if you pay him a ton of money and he regresses, boy, every like you you talk about people being sold on Sirianni, they're gonna they're gonna turn on him real quick. Mm-hmm. If you get off to a slow start this year. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Well, and it'll, it'll be on him because the staff changed. Let's go to Tyrone in Middletown. What's up, Tyrone? Tyrone. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Nice show. Thank you, brother. Very yeah. much, brother. Oh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, I've listened to the topic. I, I agree with you to an extent, but, you know, I was thinking the other day, that game they scored 73 points. And I think that the Eagles were the one – Thing I say, I don't think they were prepared to get into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes mentally. Because if you look at the history of Pat Mahomes, he's been in shootouts with Tom Brady, with Joe Burrows, and countless other quarterbacks. And whenever you go up against him, you have to be prepared to score at least 40 points. Because we didn't so much lose the game, in my opinion, they won the game. And I think that Nick Sirianni should be given a pass only because he made it to the Super Bowl in his second year. But and t- and Tyrone, I, I hear you, and and I, I mean that's obviously a great accomplishment. He also blew a ten point lead at halftime in the Super Bowl. Like only two teams have ever done that. I mean, like don't don't we have some don't isn't there some culpability there? Like he he's, he had a team with a ten point lead at halftime. Well. The culpability that I think he has is that he allowed Jonathan Gannon to play passively with the defense that he was in charge of, and he allowed Spagnola to take charge with his set and his defensive schemes that basically got the Eagles out of their offense. And the disruption that it caused just stopped us from several different – when we were having a three-and-outs or whatever, giving the ball back, that was by design on their part, and we didn't have a counterpunch. And I think 
more so that was because John. I, I'm not going to mention names, but I think we should have had a, a defensive scheme to flush Mahomes out of the pocket, particularly since he had a bad play. Yeah, and and, and I, I know you don't want to mention names. Obviously, talk about Jonathan Gannon there, and and, and Tyrone, we appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you could do though against Mahomes in the in the pocket, out of the pocket. He's gonna do his thing. Yeah, uh, I, I think we're we're tending. I think a lot of people are forgetting Patrick Mahomes is a special player. Special, a special. I player. think he's already a top five quarterback I, I, ever. I think that going into this game, the game plan was what it was in the first half: limit his possessions, try to get him off the field, make him uncomfortable, get the ball out of his hands quick, and for the most part, that worked. No, excuse me. Hope make him hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Try to get to him. For the most part, that worked. That worked for the most part. Eagles' offensive game plan worked in the first half. Then what happened to me in the second half was Kansas City Chiefs took away all that short stuff. They took away the run plays and all the other stuff. And they did they didn't to me, the Eagles didn't exploit the biggest weakness I felt in the Kansas City in Kansas City, and that was their secondary. Like you saw a couple plays to AJ Brown where, you know, he had some big plays and everything. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, if it was if it was Chris Jones up front or whatever. They didn't take advantage of that opportunity that was presented to them in the passing game. I agree. I mean, Hurts had a big game, but I think there were more. There was yeah, more there they could have yeah, had. Yeah, because I mean, like, and 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 that's probably you could probably chalk it up to being comfortable with what you saw and some of the looks that they were given and things of that nature, or you didn't want to put that much stress on your quarterback throwing the ball. You don't want to put the ball in the air. Like what is a uh, two? It's only three things going to happen. In, in, you you playing quarterback, two of them are bad. Right. We're throwing the football, and two of them are bad. Maybe that's what it was. But to your point, I think you go back and you look at that and you learn from that. Like, there's a lot of plays, I'm pretty sure, that Coach Sierra is looking at like, damn, should have did this or I should have did that. We should have did this. Well, and it cost them. right? That, that's that's yeah, in, in a close time. game, in a Super Bowl, it, it cost you. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. Are you fully sold on Nick Sirianni moving forward here as, as the Eagles coach and, and a big-time coach? Obviously, he's, he's done a good job for two years, but I'm not fully sold. Hugh is... Kyle is. I, I'm not. I, 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 I still have reservations about Nick Sirianni, even after, even after a Super Bowl trip. 215-592-9494. Up next, take all your phone calls on Sirianni. And the head coach here, Sirianni, reached out to a familiar name about the vacant offensive coordinator job. We'll tell you who that is next. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Sports Radio 94 WIP.